You're listening to the Max Level Podcast for March 4th, 2019. On today's show, we touch on that itch to go back and play our favorite games. The crew goes in-depth with Dead or Alive 6, Anodyne, and Tetris 99. They also discuss THQ Nordic's PR disaster and moronic decision last week, and then run wild and crazy over Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield. All this in the usual segments on today's episode of the Max Level Podcast. On with the show. Have you ever had the itch just to go back and, and play a game that you haven't played in a long time? Frank, you probably get that a lot because you go back all and play a lot time. of retro games. Yeah, uh, Sean, I recently talked to you about this and actually it was just yesterday on Discord. I loaded up Warcraft and I just saw you doing the Warcraft dances. They didn't get to see that, obviously, before we started recording. They didn't get to see you busting out into some Warcraft dances, which made me think of how I wanted to start the show. I loaded it up last night, man. Some things are not meant for mortal eyes. It was beautiful, though. It was beautiful. It was. Next time, wear pants, please. <laughs> yeah. I can't help it. I like the, I like the need, feeling of the we air. We don't need the windmill. <laughs> <laughs> it's the helicopter, guys. Come on. Come on now. Uh, you loaded up Warcraft. Yeah, man, I did. And I actually stayed up till almost 4 a.m. last night playing it. So I only got probably four and a half hours worth of sleep before we started to record the show today. And that's fine. Yeah, so I, I loaded up and I started playing around, messing around, and I told you, I was like, man, I don't know if I want to do a shaman or if I want to go back to my druid or stick with the death knight that I was working on up to 120 or back to the mage, which already is 120. I decided to start with the druid. Oh, so I loaded up my my level 100 druid that I already had, and that, that's been sitting there parked since the end of my God, the end of Warlords of Draenor is the last time I played that character. So about four and a half years. It was fun. I missed it. I I got beef with the druid class. I'm surprised you went to that one. Why do you have beef with it? I, I always thought that WoW put too many um, options on the table for the druid. Like, it's great. There's too many forms. You should just spec and be able to do just a handful of them and not like the 15 that are in the game. Well, the, the way druids work now is that you do have your main spec, but then through the talent tree, you can kind of spec and like specialize in another one. So you really are just focusing on two for the most part now. But you could turn into all of them. Correct. Still. Yeah, I never really got that. You just don't have the technique, I guess, to really pull off any of their abilities unless you have ma- like main spec into them or sub spec through the talent tree. So it's like worthless to do it, right? For the most part, yeah. Okay. Be like, it'd, right. be, it'd be like Frank on the Maximum Podcast. It's worthless to do it. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> but if you didn't know, <laughs> this is Max Level, a weekly video game podcast found right here at Level Down Games, where we do our very best to make sense of everything that happens each week in the industry, talk about the games we've been playing, and have a ton of fun. I'm Brian, and with us today, we have the worthless one himself. He thinks he's broken. He thinks he's brilliant. He's really just broken. It's Frank. Wow. Hi, guys. And the other voice you heard, by day he is Sean, by night he is Susie. It's Seanzy. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> you know the only other person that's going to get that reference is Kyle, unfortunately. That's okay. So oh, let's talk about Susie, right? Because, sure. you know, my alter ego, mm-hmm. it, it comes out. You gotta put the wig we on. We were in some, we were in the, some and Twitch the, stream and, and the lipstick, and it it, it just yeah, it, yeah, does yeah, it, yeah. it does it for me. 
we were in a little Twitch stream. I don't know if you know it. I know it. It's Bruce Deduce, uh, our little cohort over here at Level Down Games. Hopefully we'll have him back soon. Yeah, we were we were having a good time. We were watching him and then he decided to raid this cat ultimate team gear or something like that. And mm -hmm. I had no idea what it was. And we, boom, we pop into a channel and some dudes playing darts and his like and Sean's life changed. <laughs> Sean's life My changed. Life is a lie. There's a fucking dartboard behind him now. <laughs> <laughs> darts? I always thought darts were boring. I thought it was like an old dude game, like shuffleboard. Like you, you go to a bar and you get tanked and then you're like, let's throw this puck around on a salt table. No, darts is actually really fun. It's got rules. There's math. I, I kind of like math. It's okay. But it's strategy. You don't just aim for the middle, right? And I thought that was kind of funny. And uh, so we're watching this dude play darts or whatever, and, and I'm in his Twitch chat and I'm like digging it. I'm really having fun. I'm participating. And he's like, all right, Susie, what are we going to do? I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> oh, he couldn't read Shanzi. Because he was, he, it's, we, it's we, think, hard, man. We, we think he may have been on the sauce a little bit, but I'm not sure because couldn't really see know. what the can was that he was drinking. It may have been Dr. Pepper. Maybe it he's just hyped like up tab. on caffeine. Hyped up on caffeine. It looked like an old Dr. Pepper or tab can. And I was yeah. like, where are you getting this stuff, dude? I don't know. But he was on something. But he was great. He was awesome. He's a he's a great dude. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm super happy for Kyle because he benefited a lot from that raid and his whole That's entire charity stream. At. Yeah, he, he benefited from that. Uh, getting a huge donation later this year for his charity event from that guy, which is awesome. So. So, so this is why we brought it up for those of you who don't know. Right. Kyle is a non-for-profit charity stream. We've had him on the show. He's a quintessential gentleman. A quintessential stud muffin, you say? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is looking quite yoked after that stream. He is. He he's um he's doing it for the kids, man. He's doing it for the kids. He's a pediatric physical therapist. He's gonna donate the the uh, the funds that get donated to his stream from the charity streamathon in November. Stream so it's, like it's a good shot. It, it's something that we want to take and we want to look at. And, and we'd encourage all of you listeners to check them out. Twitch TV underscore or uh, whatever backslash. Let's not confuse them. Yeah, check it out. You will not be disappointed. Where did I steal your tagline from? Where was that from? Is that you will not be disappointed comes from right here. Special shout out to Dance of the Dead for allowing us to use their music for our videos. Everyone absolutely needs to go check these guys out and support their music. They'd be found on Bandcamp, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, pretty much everywhere. Check them out. As Shanti said, you will not be disappointed. Don't forget to head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to us and leave that five-star rating and a review so we can continue to climb the charts in terms of search results. You know what I said there? Hope you do. Since Max Level and Level Down Games is entirely self-funded as a passion project, you can directly support the show and the brand through one or all of the affiliate links listed in the description of the show. Thanks in advance if you choose to do so. I mentioned this. I don't know if for anyone that listens to our other show, BG Mania, I mentioned this at the end of the episode last week, and I'm going to do it at the start of this coming up Wednesday's episode, but I'm going to do it at the start here as well. I just want to obviously take a minute to say thanks, I guess, because... Our exponential growth that we've been seeing over the past weeks for not only Max Level, not only BG Mania, but our actual website, leveldowngames.com, it's it's kind of been <laughs> jarring to me a little bit because it's it's like it's going up so much every single week. And I don't know why. But yeah, man, just 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 seeing the overwhelming support that we've been getting and I see the numbers and I see the downloads and I see the hits and it's it's really cool. And you know, just to know that we have such a, a varied audience in terms of locale. Like I'm seeing these, you know, countries that I'm impressed we actually have a foothold in, and that's really cool. Germany, we do. We have some. Shout we have, out to Estonia. Hello. Uh, I don't think I've seen Estonia come up on the list. So maybe one day though. But 
a lot of European countries, man. We actually have a decent following over in Europe, and I actually think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know. Just just seeing seeing each episode now hitting like thousands upon thousands of downloads. It's been really impressive to me, and you know our our website just taking off. Uh, it's it's we're finally there. We've got there. We've reached the we haven't reached the peak yet, but we're still on our way up. We're climbing the peak. It's not about if, if there's space, anything I've learned from Miley Cyrus, it's, it's oldest ride, longest line, Space Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> it's the climb, dude. Is that what you're going to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, man. The, it's a beautiful please, journey. Please, please don't sing Miley Cyrus on this podcast. <laughs> Why? Girls just want to have fun. You know what's better than you, you know what's not better than Miley Cyrus? Miley Cyrus is better than this. THQ Nordic. <laughs> Good second. Oh man. Oh man. <laughs> I happen to support THQ Nordic in many things, but yeah, oh you, boy, you, you, just... you've always been a huge fan of these at uh, this studio, but no, I can't support this. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I don't know if anyone could support the studio anymore from from a lot of things that I've been seeing. Like people have more or less written them off for now. And their silence isn't helping them. Their silence isn't helping them because they've literally said nothing no. on this since it happened. Uh, before we talk about the games we've been playing, I think it'd be a huge mistake for us not to to briefly jump into this discussion here, which more people need to be talking about a lot of. And it and it surprises me. A lot of people are and I, I guess I, I understand why they are. They're avoiding the topic, but I don't want to avoid the topic. Now, I know why a lot of media outlets are are not jumping into this because of the nature of what this whole story kind of deals with and it revolves around. So I can see why they wouldn't really want to jump into it. But what we're talking about here, if you're unfamiliar with what happened last week, THQ Nordic had a brilliant idea to host an AMA and ask me anything on a website you may or may not have heard of. And if you haven't heard of it, I I don't blame you for not hearing of it because it is kind of hard to hear about. Uh, and don't go there. And, and definitely don't go there. 8chan. It is the man. It's like the bastardization website of 4chan, but it was in 4chan is not any better, but 8chan is just a lot worse. It was blacklisted on Google in 2015 because of allegations and their users just being well, the reason it was blacklisted from Google is because of su suspected child abuse content and, you know, like pedophilia and child pornography yeah. and that kind of stuff on the website. A lot of their users also partake in white supremacy and racism and just it's it's a bad, bad website. And it's it's not they don't hide it. And THQ Nordic over on social media on, on their Twitter account announced that they were going to be having an AMA. And everyone was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what's going on? Like, is this a joke? Have you been hacked? People on Twitter were posting comments like this is not a good idea before they actually started doing it. Like, this is do you have any idea what this website is? And that's that's a question. Actually, like um, THQ Nordic, they're not an American company. They're 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 they're, they're in Europe. So they you know, it, it's Denmark, I believe. Austria. Austria. I'm sorry. Lo siento, uh, which is Spanish. Oh, oh, see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sorry, <laughs> I broke silence for that. I don't know if they know that, you know, maybe they thought they're doing it on 4chan, like, which, which, again, which isn't much better of an idea, but it's still better than going to 8chan. Um, AMA is a more of a Reddit thing. AMA is definitely a Reddit thing. I don't know why they wouldn't just try to do it on Reddit where everyone else does it. <laughs> Do you think maybe there was some kind of like cultural disconnect or like some kind of well 
I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm making excuses for them. I'm just trying to think. I'm trying to find out where their mind was. Sure. Where their mind was. I, I don't think that their mind was anywhere that it should have been. Now, I, I think they know because this was all done by this wasn't. And I did more research into it before we started the show because, you know, I, I kind of thought that this was approved by the CEO and all that stuff. And it may have been. But it seems like this was carried out by one individual, the uh, the head of the PR department and the marketing director, Philip Brock who mm-hmm. was the the one that was actually on 8chan answering questions, um, you know, making jokes about certain things that he shouldn't have been making jokes about. Uh, like there was one comment on, on the AMA where a user on 8chan said, please don't, you know, quote, please don't censor any games nor appeal to the social justice crowd. You guys are doing fine as it is, to which Philip Brock responded. Thanks. We'll try to stay that way. Uh, he he briefly made light of and which, again, it's a it's a PR disaster to even respond to a question like that just because or a comment like that just because of the nature of, of what that user is trying to incite out of out of the company. I think sometimes people just make a bad decision and, and there's yeah. no excuse for it. There's no reason that can justify. Sometimes you just have a bad day and you just make a bad choice and that's i think that's what this was if you want to capture the audience on a website fine do an ama on there that's fine not a don't be <laughs> don't become a bad influencer though and i think that's what the, ch- the choice was you can go on hn and have a perfectly fine ama it might be questionable to be on a website that supports things like that but just don't say those things yourself and maybe you'll be like oh we were just trying to reach out via a different social media platform to our fans. Fine. You want to bridge that? Okay. I, I guess I could see it. But when you become 8chan while you're doing it, that's when things get bad. And I think that that's probably just the mistake. You know, it, you don't need to become your audience to appeal to them. You can have appeal to across broad audiences and still find time to, I guess, you know, send a message directly to one part of your crowd. So I don't, I don't know. I, I felt like they tried too hard. Maybe it was just one of those deals where it wasn't uh, it wasn't needed. And I could I guess I could see why, because THQ Nordic's kind of a, a joke in the gaming industry right now. And even even more so after this now, I was going to say even more so yeah. after this. And we're talking about it because we have been vocal about THQ Nordic, right? We, we have yeah. we've wanted to see them do well. I mean, you especially. But. We we can't ignore the bad things they do either, I guess, is, is where we're at here. And I feel you know? that their, their method of how they're going to try to come out of this clean on the other side, so to speak, is much like what Kobe Bryant did. They're going to yeah. change numbers or in this, in this situation, rebrand. Maybe they'll call themselves Coke Media or they have a thousand other names of the things they own. Re- rebrand themselves, distance themselves from the THQ Nordic, which, you know, they'll they're not going anywhere okay this is you know this is not going to break up the company no no and they've got so much money and assets and property that to dissolve the company would be a complete waste i don't think dissolving the company was ever going to be a you know something that was going to happen but i think that this could potentially be the beginning of the end for them as a company because while they can exist by people buying their games i don't think they can exist if the media chooses to now ignore them going forward, 
I don't think they can exist if gaming outlets and gaming publications say, you know what, THQ Nordic, because of what you did. And I'm wondering if this maybe is going to be a thing, because if you look around, a lot of gaming outlets have not talked about them and talked about this issue since it happened. Are they taking a stance by flat out writing them out of the book now, so to speak, to where their games aren't going to get previewed? Their games aren't going to get reviewed. Their games aren't going to get covered on major outs. Places like Lebanon Games, they don't give a fuck about. But you look at places like IGN, GameSpot, you know, the like the Kotaku's places can't exist without support, man. If if outlets aren't supporting them and if you look at if you go to Reddit, if you go to Reset Era, if you go to any major forum online, a lot of fans that were behind THQ Nordic, a lot of Franks out there are now saying, hey, you know what? We're not buying THQ Nordic games anymore. We're not going to support this company. To, and to if, be fair, they're not really making THQ Nordic games. Correct. So. But, you know, you look at their 2019 games, they do have some stuff that I was more or less looking forward to, specifically Biomutant and, and games that, you know, I would have picked up and played. Like, I played Darksiders 3 last year and I kind of enjoyed it. Places aren't writing about them, covering them. If people aren't buying their games, they're not going to survive. The only reason Level Down Games is surviving is because I'm supported by Jessica. Level Down Games is funded right now because of her. If it wasn't because of that, I wouldn't be able to do this. Yeah, big ups to LDGA, by the way. Unless there's a direct thing out there. And and yes, this company that owns THQ Nordic, this, you know, Nordic Games is what they were before they actually bought the yeah. rights to THQ. They have a ton of money, a ton of Austrian money. But that money is going to run out eventually. If no one's supporting them, if there's no, you know, advertisers, if there's no marketing stuff involved, if there's no support coming in from people purchasing their games, you can't fund multi-million dollar games forever and run and not run into money. So if that ends up being the case, if, you know, they don't have the type of support that they need to continue functioning as a company, plus the reason why they wouldn't get support would be people not covering them. It could be the beginning of the end for that company. Now, I'm not saying it's going to disappear next week. I'm not even saying it would disappear this year. But if we see a trend moving forward where people aren't purchasing the games and outlets aren't writing about them, I think it could be less than a few years before they go away. Well, they'll have to and that's not uncommon. Yeah, that, yeah it, happens, it happens all the time. That, that happens in this industry every day. We see companies just come and go. I mean, that, that's not a problem. I, I think the big problem that we're trying to highlight here, and maybe we could talk about it for hours, but one, we have talked about THQ Nordic in the past. It would be criminal for us not to highlight this. Right. And two, to take a stance on it as an outlet and say, hey, we don't support this. We don't agree with it. We draw attention to it simply to say how wrong it is. We shouldn't do it. And then third, you know, we want to see something from THQ Nordic. I think that's what this is like. An apology. Is the CEO or some high chief officer should come out and say, hey, we don't agree with this. This isn't something that we tolerate. We are moving in a different direction in our public relations department. We appreciate all of the support uh, moving forward and trying to make a difference or something. And, and then we'd be fine, probably, because let's face it, media and PR is a war of attrition. You're 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 a villain and then maybe you know 10 months from now you come out and you're different because you made an apology and you're moving forward and people will slowly forget they may never forget forget but they'll quit mentioning it they'll back to business as usual right so i think that's kind of what we're gonna see honestly but they just need to start actually making it better because 
Just say what something. Brian's saying is <laughs> if you're going to sit on a fart, it smells bad when you get up, no matter what you do. Like you got, <laughs> you got to do something. So I think that's where we're getting at here. It's just here at Level Down Games, we don't support it. We don't agree with it. And since we cover them, we're going to cover it. And we're going to say no. Man, I think that's all that needs to be said. Good way to, good way to sum Drop it up. It. Good way to sum it up. Move, moving on. Uh, let's talk about some games. Let's talk about games we've been playing. Who wants to go? Who wants to talk about a game? I want to hear about Frank. All right. Okay. You want to hear about Frank's game? Okay. Okay. So uh, I picked up uh, Anodyne, which uh, just hit the Switch. This game is was on PC. Came out in 2013. Yeah, it's it's definitely an older game. So it's, it's an older game. Um, so, so I think it's on Android as well. Uh, but it's very much. I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it. It's very much Zelda um, Link's Awakening. Ooh. Um, that kind of style, less action, more cerebral. Yes. It's definitely puzzle. It's it, it's the, the whole idea is it's a trip through the subconscious, and then so does the the story is a little weird. It's a, it, things are very surreal, but uh, you play as a character named Young, and you have instead of a, a sword, you have a broom, and you can actually jump, which is pretty cool because Link can never jump. And that's kind of mentioned along in the game. Um, <laughs> hey, man, he can jump. You just have to be on the edge of a platform and you're jumping to another jump. platform. <laughs> it's a somersault, too. It's not just a normal jump. Uh, there's even a character in the game uh, who is trying to chop down a, uh, a bush saying, you know, that's how I pay. That's how I pay the bills around here. You know, gold pops out of these things when, when I cut them. Uh, so, <laughs> and and, and he's, he's dressed just like Link. So he has like a full beard. So it's like it looks it's like an old man Link trying to hack out a bush. Um, the game is really the game is really fun. The puzzles can be a bit tedious at times. Uh, it's a lot because you have the jump ability. It's a lot of like jumping, very like fine tuned, like, land here, avoid this kind of kind of thing. Uh, but I'm having a blast with it. It's it's a bit of a collectathon as well. The way you power up along the way is finding cards, which are that's the main collectible. Instead of finding hearts, you find fairies who added extra things. Either and it makes no bones. It, it's it makes us nods to uh nintendo and even mentions nintendo in the uh during one of the, the uh the things it goes oh young i see you're playing your nintendos like you know as your parents would say you know you're not playing nintendo you're playing the nintendos everything's a nintendo my <laughs> my, my only gripe with this game is it's, it's one of those games where it's a lot of backtracking so you do something mm. something and you open up a new path you have to go back to the same thing uh at least they try to alleviate this by making a, a hub world with portals so you can kind of jump back uh, and trust me put a portal in the game and i'm gonna love it um <laughs> but uh with these portals, you, can, you can at least you can at least jump around so you're not constantly slogging through every little bit of it um the enemy respawns are pretty brutal too sometimes uh you get knocked off the edge of a screen into the next uh, frame and you come back and they're all back again that kind of sucks uh i want to say i'm probably about 75 percent of the way through the game i put four hours into it so not a long game I can I can I can I can see that a lot of these types of games that release, you know, like these indie games, they're not incredibly long. They're just meant to be fun. They're meant to be fun. I picked it up because it was cheap. I uh, I pre-ordered three games at once. I really I, I was going to pre-order uh, Toad Jam Neural, which actually comes out day of this recording. So unfortunately, I couldn't talk. Incorrect. It, uh, it came out uh, yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Game released on Friday, March 1st. Ew. Oh. Okay. 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 Well, then I probably could have played that. Yes, uh, could have probably played that yesterday instead. But uh, my 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 math's are bad. Which means that you lied. 
No. Oh, yeah, because you posted a comment on Jessica's Facebook saying that you were sitting there staring at Toe Jam and Earl on the Switch platform waiting for it to unlock at midnight. You fucking liar. <laughs> I, pre- I pre-ordered them like earlier in the week. Right. Uh, every time I tried to play, every time I tried to play any of these three games, I got that, Ape Out, and Toe Jam and Earl. It goes, we have to connect to the internet to see if you're allowed to play this. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't even try it yesterday. I wish I, I, wish I would have thought about it. I, I didn't even try playing Toe Jam and Earl. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That sucks. That, that really sucks. It actually, actually hurts me inside because I would have preferred to play that yesterday. That's okay. Talk about it next week because I'm not going to talk about it this week. And there's there's a lot of things that I think uh, a lot of things that I think are worth mentioning about Toe Jam and Earl. And we do have a review up on our website, levelandongames.com, uh, for for that game if you want to check it out. I guess we'll just briefly mention it. But yeah, I don't know. Talk about it next week because uh, we can we can we can mention it. Son of a gun, though. I could have. Oh, well, that sucks. Oh, but but whatever. I have it. Uh... Like I said, I, I'm looking forward to see the end of this game because they have announced an Anodyne 2 that kind of takes more of like a Super Nintendo into N64 uh, style, whereas this oh. is more of a this is more of a Game Boy NES style looking game. It's it's interesting. There, there, there's some definitely some some real surreal. There's some cerebral things in here where I, I, I don't even want to spoil it. Just play the game. I know it's a little older, but play the game. When you get to a certain point, you'd be like, oh my god, I can't believe they did this. There's blood. There's gore. <laughs> in, in, in a game that has none of that. Mind you, this one little section has it. So, how's the music? The music is okay. Okay. It's 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 not, it's not a stellar soundtrack. Um, the sound effects in general are pretty. Eh? Like the, the 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 sound you get when you pick up a power up, which is or not even really power. It's a, like a health up. Mm-hmm. Sounds like the, sounds like the, the the stock tone that the uh, iPad makes when you get a message on like a messenger. So. <laughs> uh, so every time I pick something up, I'm freaking out. Like, am I getting a message? Am I getting a message? But yeah. It sounds cool, man. It's definitely it's it's a game that I've always seen and known about just because obviously it's been on PCs for at least five yeah. years now. And I mean, it's something that I keep seeing and I could probably get access to it fairly cheap, um, if not just access in general. So uh, I might try to play this some point in the future because it's it's always a game that it's like, I mean, I really want to try it, but I've just never had time to try it. I, honestly, I think you can probably knock it out in like four or five hours. I'm, I'm having, I've actually been having fun with it. So okay, I'll look into it. I'll, I'll look and maybe if I can somehow squeeze it in later this year or something, I'll try to play it and just because again, I, I would like to at least jump through it before Anodyne too because that game also looks intriguing to me. It just it doesn't look as good as the first one just because I don't know it, from what I've seen from screenshots and videos, it doesn't look nearly as appealing. But I'd still like to give it a shot. Noise, noise, noise! All right, boys and girls, um, it's your boy Shanza here. So. Tetris 99. Is this how we're doing things now? Is this how we're doing things now? It's your boy! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah! Um, Yeah, Tetris 99. You know what? I decided to jump in and talk about it with you guys real quick because anybody who's on blood pressure medication can't play this game. (laughs) Are you on blood pressure medication? No, but I I felt like I I should be, and I'm not. And (laughs) I play Tetris 99 a lot. The stress that goes into playing this game, it, it's like normal Tetris on crack. I just can't, I can't handle it. I played it for 20 minutes and I was exhausted. <laughs> I couldn't. You know what? I got all the way down to, to two and I was like, yes, I'm the man. Wait, you and got second place? Yeah, of course, man. What's up? He beat I you, I got Frank. noble fingers. Hey, yes, I third is my, be- yeah. that's my best. <laughs> I've been to the top of the mountain. Now, Sean is the best at level down games right now. Number two, Frank's number three. I'm number Kyle's number five. And I think I'm number seven. So I'm in last place. No, no. Kyle is going to once he hears this, he's going to like pick up the game and 
beat me until he's going to play it until he gets number one. He's got to stream it, though. <laughs> <laughs> and he can't, he, can't, he can't do that until he gets a capture card. <laughs> Trust me, when I get number one, I'm taking it. I'm going to take the in-game screenshot on my switch and I'm sending it to everyone. I want to see oh. it. Whoever gets the first place first, we got to see it. Like, we got to see proof. Pixar didn't happen. That's how I see it. But yeah, man, congrats on the on second place. It gets nuts when you get to like the top 10. I didn't believe it. And you know what? I'm still trying to figure out how to play the game my way because that this is what I wanted to talk about the, about the game. You can play it like a normal Tetris game and not even care about the other people, or you can be actively invested on who's really having a hard time on the map yes. and bang them out, right? And so I'm just kind of trying to figure out that balance. And I think that's one of the keys to Tetris 99. I really, I mean... You can't play it like OG Tetris where you bank up a long slot and then you bang out like eight slides in a, in two turns because someone's going to dump on you. And so it's it changes the way you play Tetris as a maybe more of a purist and you have to become more adaptive. Oh, which a- absolutely. It's really fun. Absolutely. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I had a good time. I, I think that's the best Tetris experience that I can get to right now. I, I still think from what I've seen, Tetris Effect is better. Tetris Effect is a better game. Yes, because of what it's doing and its usage of music, its usage of sounds and its usage of visuals. Tetris Effect is the definitive Tetris experience. Play that bad boy in VR and forget about it. Yeah. Tetris 99, on the other hand, is a much more enjoyable game i guess i would say like there, there's it's, it's two it's different ways yeah it's yeah. a competitive experience without really being competitive for me not being a competitive gamer i can jump into tetris 99 and have a ton of fun and i do but i don't really feel like i'm competitive i don't really feel like i'm actually you know picking up a gun and a br and being a competitive type of a gamer i'm just playing tetris with an added you know every now and then someone dumps all over my screen and i get tetris blocks all over the place yeah, it's fun. It, you know what? I I I honestly wanted to play it because I heard Frank kind of talk about it a little bit, and and then you started talking about it, and I just thought, wow, you know, maybe I should check this out because I've never been a Tetris fanboy. You know, I, I never was that kind of guy that was like super hardcore into it or anything. And when Poyo Poyo came out, my wife and I played the demo a lot. Poyo Poyo, and fun. that was fun. Yeah, Poyo, you know, Poyo it was good. Fun. This is just a different element. You know, it, it's. Tetris was always kind of casual to me, like, oh, I, you know, I got I got where I got and that's all it was. It didn't care. But now it's like, oh, I want to freaking do better just because it's the perfect blend of a personal progress puzzle type game with competition. And I think that's a hallmark that not a lot of people have. So I, I enjoyed it. I had to come on here and say it. It's super easy just to pick up and play too. like if you if you only have like five or ten minutes just to do something and you just want to like you know, just sit down and relax for a few minutes. It's, it's the perfect game to do that with because each match only lasts maximum five minutes or so, not even. And you can find a game within 30 seconds. Like there's so many people playing it right now. That's I'm so crazy. glad you brought that up. Yeah. It's on, it's on fire. So matchmaking is quick. Yeah. You know, I don't I hope it stays that way. Yeah, I, I throughout the day, you know, like, you know, I obviously, you know, I, I make jokes, but I really hardly ever leave my studio and I'll be editing and you know, playing random games and doing stuff. But if I just want to break for like five or 10 minutes, I pick up Tetris 99 a lot and just sit down there and play a couple matches. And so much so that I've been slowly leveling up my personal progress, even though I'm not that great at the game. Like I've only cracked top 10 two or three times. Oh yeah, me too. I probably have played like 60 or 70 matches of Tetris 99 by now. 
just because of how much how often I load into it. But I still have a blast, man. Even if I'm finishing in like, you know, I I, I rarely ever finish above top 50. I usually can always make it into at least 49 and below. But even still doing that, man, I have a ton of fun if say I finished number 50 and I am just slowly leveling up my my progress just to see, you know, how high I can get. It's fun. I like it. I think the the key to the game is quick drop. If you're not a quick yes. dropper, Tetris 99 is not for you. Right. And I, and I never used to be a quick dropper because, you know, anytime I've played a Tetris experience, I haven't had I wasn't competing against a slowly building up line that was going to, you know, fill my screen with a bunch of white Tetris blocks. So I had to learn to be a quick dropper and it's definitely changed the way I play. <laughs> this, this game also punishes T-spinners like you wouldn't believe. Oh, yeah. Yes, but I've seen some excellent stuff with T-spinning in the game. Yeah, but because the, the gauge is building up so quickly, a lot of T-spinning is delaying the thing as you go through. So. Right, but I've seen a lot Unless of people do some excellent fit. stuff with T-spinning. Like, I've seen experts leave just enough space for a T at the bottom of a thing, and they've been able to freaking spin it all the way down and take their time and do it. It's been incredible. I've seen some impressive things. Uh, I, I don't know how some people can do the quick logistics of to know exactly what to leave open. You know, it's just those people that do nothing but Tetris, but it's so impressive to watch, man. I really enjoy watching people play like that. So uh, I'm glad you mentioned Tetris 99, man, because we haven't really talked about it too much on the show. We've only mentioned it once, I think, on the Max Level podcast. So uh, it is a great game, and I do think everyone should pick it up and support it and play it. I'm excited to see what the updates are. That's what my thing. I'm excited yeah. to see what the updates yeah. are going to be for Tetris 99. Because through data mining, and we've talked about this before, but we already know there's going to be a couple new modes added. And it seems like it's going to be even more fun here. B-mode. Soon. That'd be cool. There's two things that I want to see, actually. Okay. I want to see a, te- a team mode. Oh, yeah. Where you get a crew and Squads. you guys work a, a big thing together and Squads. you play it all at the same time. Yeah. And I also want to see updated music and graphics. I want to see different uh, themes and stuff. I think yeah. that would be fun. Cosmetics. You know, to have different different Tetris experience within the game, but it's still like Tetris 99. Like, hey, you know, if you're more of a purist, let's play with the old school graphics and the old school music. If you're a Tetris effect kind of guy, let's play with some freaking trance and some some big uh, splashy things and stuff like that. So different things that you can do, you know, even even like a eco Tetris would be funny, like just wood blocks and then everything's like just woodwind or something stupid, you know, like things fun like that could make the game pretty sustainable. I hope someone that that is in charge is listening because that type of content translates so well to the battle royale genre, because that is that is the type of stuff that they could sell as cosmetics. Like you could buy a theme for a dollar or two dollars, much like you would buy costumes for your characters on Fortnite or Apex. I don't know if you can buy stuff for Apex Legends. I haven't really put that much time into it or or even asked Kyle if you can, you know, customize your characters with in-game loot and you know, microtransactions, I'm sure you can because it's EA, but still uh, Fortnite, you can. So you're looking at that model, um, you know, you could buy for a dollar or two dollars an outfit for your character. So why can't I buy for a dollar or two dollars a theme for Tetris 99? I think that would do so well. Or even when you when you dump blocks on somebody else, it makes a sound effect that you pick. Yeah. So it's like it's like rare, like, oh, you just got tree slammed and then or something got, stupid you know you right? got tree slammed <laughs> let, let, let me pay a dollar to dump blocks on someone randomly that's right i'll cheat i don't care uh, ju- wait you could just you can just sit there in the in the menu pay a dollar and it just goes into a random game and drops blocks on people <laughs> the ultimate the that ultimate microtransaction 
the ultimate microtransaction where it literally gives you nothing and you're just paying them a dollar for no freaking reason. And people would still play it. <laughs> of course they would, because it's funny. All right. Well, I want to I want to briefly talk about Dead or Alive 6. And Frank, I'm, I'm disappointed you didn't pick up this game because I've been having a lot of fun with it. There is a review up on our website before I jump into it. Leveldowngames.com if you want to check out our text review. Uh, shout out to our friends over at Koei Tecmo that did provide us access to the game last week. And it's crazy. I probably put over 50 hours into this game over the past seven days. I haven't put that much time into work work over the past seven days. I put, a, I put a lot of time into gaming because it's my I man. Mean, it's what I do. It's my it's job. Your job. It's your job. Yeah. 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 And, I, and, I, and it's something that I ha- don't have to do on a schedule. Uh, well, I do, but I don't at the same time. Like I can spend 12 hours a day playing games and it's really it doesn't feel like work. Even it, though must it, is. Be ni- it must be nice to work, at, you know, just only wear your underwear, you know, whereas I do that at work and now I have to go to HR. It's not fair. I'm fully clothed. Look at that. Brian, Brian I don't even, I didn't want to know. I don't even want to know. Don't, 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 I don't know. Fully clothed. I saw a flannel, but that doesn't mean they're not boxers. Brian, will you okay. stop? Okay. I don't wanna... All right. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, audio podcast, but he's showing us his underwear and it's disgusting. It's not my underwear. These are, these are lounge pants. Now I will say I rarely ever put on a pair of jeans unless I have to leave the house, which is hardly ever, but I always have lounge pants on and I actually have three shirts on at the moment. So I go, I go to Target in my lounge pants. I, I can't, man. I'm not one of those uh, that likes to go out in my pajama pants. Yeah, I can't do that. Is this the definitive dead or alive? Absolutely not. It still doesn't. No. Do you know what it is, Frank? It's very easy. Very easy. Four? Absolutely. The definitive dead or alive is four. That's, I told you, that's my all-time favorite. That's yeah. not even a question. Yeah, I, even, I literally wrote that in the text review. Like, dead or alive four still is the peak of the franchise. And I don't think it's... Unless they go back to the way they used to do things, dead or alive four is never going to be topped. Story mode. I have to mention this right now. Okay. Had you played Dead or Life 5? I dabbled in it. I didn't finish nothing in it, though. Okay, okay. So, but if you remember from DOA 5, how, you know, they got rid of the individual character stories and they put everything into one overarching plot line. Like, there's a story mode and you go in and you can actually, you know, you follow the main like There's like the Zack story and then something else story. Like Yeah, like, it's like a grid. It's a grid based system and like the far left line is like your DOA story to where like it's the main plot line that's going on for this game. And then each character has a line on the grid and certain elements of the grid will unlock as you go through the main story. So like you, you know, you start with the main plot point and you do like one or two of the sections and then it might unlock a section for Kasume and it might unlock a section for Marie Rose or Christy or Zach or whatever. And you go through these things and you're just unlocking stuff. But what I don't like is that, you know, some characters only have like one section, like some characters, you only see their point of view once or maybe twice. And then you could be in chapter five of the main plot line and then unlock a section of the prologue for another character And it's like you're jumping back in time and seeing now what this character did several days or several hours before. And it makes for it's hard to follow for continuity. It's hard to follow to see, okay, well, if I'm trying to pay attention to the story and and see where how things progress from beginning to end for this game, you're having to now remember what happened and piece things together. I'm not a fan of the way they do story mode. And I think that's why for now there won't be anything that tops DOA 4. 
because while the gameplay is still fun and I think the gameplay is better than ever in DOA six, the gameplay mechanics that they've added some of the stuff like fatal rush, which is super cool for newcomers and beginners, because you can literally now just push the uh, the right trigger or the right bumper button on, on PS4 is where I played it. Uh, it was the R1 button and it's a combo that you can pull off using just one button. All right, it's pretty cool to be able to kind of break those things out. Yeah, so you know, if for if you're in a pinch or something, or you know, you're you're stuck and you're just getting hammered on, you can just hit R one, and it's a it's a four button combo. And if you fill up your break gauge, which is something that was introduced in DOA five, but if you fill that up before you do it, the the fatal rush combo will always end in like a super special move that does a lot of damage. So while there are other combos, I mean, you know, you could still pull off regular combos that we're used to in fighting games. There's something for everyone now that they can easily do. And I, and I do think that that was a cool addition. You know, the gameplay I mentioned in the interview, it's fast, it's fluid, it's smooth. Uh, each character still feels unique. Like every character has their own fighting style. Every character has their own way of doing things. There are two new additions this time around. We have Diego, who is a street fighter from New York City. And I really like that they they call him a street fighter, like they're kind of like poking fun at Capcom okay. and Street Fighter. So they're like, yeah, you know, this guy, he's a street fighter from from in it. Like they put emphasis on that. So I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, super fun character to play as, man. He's like a he that I mean, that's literally the way he was done. Like if you were to go into an alley in New York City and, you know, pay five dollars to watch two people fight. That literally is what this character is based around. And it's super cool. I've I've yet to see that happen in living in New York, but whatever. <laughs> well, in movies, you see it all the time. <laughs> no, I go around actually looking for people to fight and I have oh. constantly walk around my dollar. Oh, you're going to get your ass kicked. Uh, the other new character, <laughs> the other <laughs> new character uh, in, in the game is Nico. And Nico is a scientist, like an evil genius scientist working for Mist. She is insanely fun to play as like she became one of my favorite characters in DOA six, just because of a lot of her moves and abilities, she uses a lot of like with electricity and stuff. And it's, it's fun, man. She, she's a, she's a cool character. Uh, I, my personal favorite is still Lee Fang. I mean, she's unbelievably fun to play as for me. Uh, I'm the best with her. Ryu Hayabusa. I mean, he's fun, but I, I'm not like amazing with him by any stretch of the imagination. Lee, Lee Fang. I can literally, I, I, I can actually do well with her. Uh, and to an extent, John Lee, but he's, right. he's he's easy to use in general. Like he's one of the easier yeah. characters in the game to use, but he's still fun. Uh, I had fun, man. I really, really do like Dead or Alive. It is. And I mentioned this in the review. It is up there in terms of my favorite franchises of all time in terms of fighting games. Now, I am one of those types of people that play fighting games for the story. So I like fighting games that have a big emphasis on the story. So like Dead or Alive, Mortal Kombat, Injustice. Ones that have these deep story modes in them that are that are fun to see. You know, you look at like the King of Fighters or Tekken or Virtua Fighter. Those games, while they're fun, they don't really have deep plot lines going on. They're just more about the fighting. That's why those games are competitive. Those games, you know, you'll see those games at Evo. You won't see Dead or Alive at Evo. You won't see. Or Smash Brothers, but that's neither here nor there. Smash Brothers is at Evo. I thought they got the still this year. Nope. Tune into Flavor Text on Thursday. We're going to talk about Evo. What? Yeah. We're going to. Yeah. Smash Brothers Melee is not an Evo. Ultimate is. Oh, that's what happened. Okay, I was. Re- I, I glossed the story. When yeah. I was so for, the, for, for the first for the first time <laughs> since Melee came out, Melee is not being included at Evo, which is kind of crazy. But yeah, we're going to we're, we're going to talk about that at, uh, on Flavor Text this Thursday. We're going to talk a little bit about Evo. 
But yeah, man, you, you really you, you don't really see Dead or Alive ever at Evo because it, it really is a story based game. And it's so disappointing to me to see that they're they're moving backwards in terms of story content like. Helena's ending from Dead or Alive 4 will never be topped. It'll never be topped, dude. Was That's the one you the... showed me. Yeah, it's the one I showed you. Was, was, was her the one where they played amazing? Absolutely, it was. Aerosmith, I, yeah. I, it's, it's, it's the thing I remember the most about that game. I, I, I literally, like, wanted to cry. It was so beautiful. It was amazing, dude. It was, like, you look at her ending, you look at uh, so many, every character had a great ending in Dead or Alive 4, and that's what I want back for Dead or Alive 7. I want the same gameplay to return from DOA 6. I want, you know, the mechanics that they instituted uh, all the changes that they made, they made the game a lot more accessible. They made the game a lot more open for newcomers. Back the jiggle. Uh, no, no, no. The jiggle. And I mentioned this, the jiggle is still there, but it is is very reduced. And I and I actually do think it could be reduced more because it is still over exaggerated on certain characters. Um, it's it's a lot more noticeable on certain people than it is on others. I need to see the La Mariposa bouncing around. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think the only reason why that's a big issue in the game is because it's unnecessary. It is unnecessary. Yeah, it, of course. The game stands alone without that, and, and it creates a dynamic to the game that doesn't necessarily help what the game should be. Right. So, I mean, it, I think it kind of detracts from how great the game is. Absolutely. That's the only sad part. That's why I said I think it could be reduced even further because it is still, yeah. you know, it's it's obvious for certain people that it's that it's more exaggerated than others now so i think they could they could work on it a little bit more and just bring back individual characters like you could still have an overarching plot you could still tie things together but i want to see more individual stories within the characters i want you know i don't necessarily need because it took me probably six hours or so to get through the story mode for doa6 just not a bad length for a for a fighting game story but you know you give me you know there's 24 characters on the roster you give me 24 individual stories each one only has to be 30, 30 minutes to an hour long. I don't care if they're, you know, in-depth stories. I just want to see more personal connections with the characters. I want to see more personal deep dives into their stories and to see what they are doing around the tournaments or, you know, different areas like DOA 4. Every character was different. Every character had a unique story and it was fun and exciting. So I don't know, man. I had fun with it. Do you think that the the i guess formula moving forward is to focus on only certain stories like maybe if they pull out a seven they do stories for the characters that you were wanting in six maybe continuation could be a key maybe because it would be difficult to keep pumping out an individual story for each game for each character but if the character is still and that's doing probably its thing why seven, they moved away from that that i mean that probably is a good reason why they stopped doing it but I think it took away from from the series and what made it so good, in my opinion, yeah. was was yeah. the story. And, and when when they started taking away from that, like DOA five, I was not a fan of at all. I didn't like DOA five, but DOA six is leaps and bounds better than that um, because they changed so much with the gameplay. And, you know, it, they made it a lot more accessible and fun to play. Now they just need to work on the story mode. Now they just need to figure out what they can do. And they added something really cool called DOA quest, which is like a mission based system. And there's like 120, 130, 140 missions that you can do. And each one, it's very much set up like a mobile game where each one you can unlock stars for doing things in each mission. So, you know, you have your first fight and you, you know, you have to do a ground attack and you have to win within 30 seconds and you have to do so much damage. You do one of those things, you unlock a star. You do two, you unlock two, you do all three, you get all three stars. And you need stars to unlock further missions as you go in and 
um, this is how you unlock the currency in the game to buy wardrobe accessories, or you can unlock wardrobe points to unlock new costumes. Oh, those are free. Not, we're not paying for. Correct. They're, they're not paying for in game. You're not paying real money for it. You have to earn the currency through, um, okay. through DOA quest. Now they might start selling the currency outside of DOA quest. I mean, they try to sell me this bill of goods with street fighter five and yeah, sure. you earn, you earn everything. <laughs> right, right. No, that, I mean, but, but you can earn everything through DOA quest and it actually is fairly quick. Um, I, I mean, I've probably done half of DOA quest and I've unlocked a good amount of the costumes, a good amount of the, the customization options for each character. Uh, it, it doesn't take forever. I mean, again, and I've probably spent about 50 hours with it doing that, doing the story mode and just jumping into random fights with the characters. Cause I wanted to spend at least an hour or so with each character just to get a feel for it before I wrote the review. So uh, I, I definitely recommend DOA six. I gave it an eight five on the website for the review. I think it's a good fighting game. I think there's a great foundation there. If they can capitalize on this now and and really focus on the story mode, I think they're going to have something special for DOA seven. We, we could potentially see something that could top DOA four, but for right now it doesn't. So I don't know. Cool. Let's go ahead and talk about some release dates and adjustments. So we had several things announced this week that I think are worth mentioning. Nino Kuni 2 Revenant Kingdom second large scale DLC is launching on March 19th for PC and PS4. I am excited to check that out. I have not even played the first DLC yet for Nino Kuni 2, which actually added oh. some story content. So I need to go back to that game and do that. Uh, I just haven't had a chance to yet. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 1 will be launching on March 26th for PS4. Looking forward to playing through that again. I uh, played through it two years ago. There is a review up on our a review on our website for the PC version, but I'm hoping to get access to the PS4 version so I can see the differences and, and review that one as well. Uh, something I'm very excited to pick up. Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney Trilogy launches on April 9th for PC, Nintendo Switch, PS4 and Xbox One. I think I'm going to buy that on the Switch. That's a great Switch game. Uh, I like the Phoenix Wright games. They're fun. So I think I want to support that and get the trilogy. Saints Row the third. The full package launches on May 10th for Nintendo Switch. Resident Evil, Resident Evil Zero, and Resident Evil 4 launch on May 21st for Nintendo Switch. So those trilogy hey of Resident Evil games are coming to the Switch. Uh, cool to see. Resident Evil 4 is a great game. Actually, all three of those games are great games. All right, pause, pause, pause. Let's, let's build up for this one here. This, this is great. Wait, we, we're, gonna, we're building up because of how right I was on this. Everyone, as much as I hate to say it, Brian was right. Overkill's The Walking Dead <laughs> has been canceled. <laughs> On all platforms. This includes PC, where the game is already oh. released. Let me say that again. This includes PC, where the game is already released. Let that sink in. PS4 and Xbox One. So, yes, the game is no more. Skybound has decided to kill this game because of how bad it was. And, yeah, and it's so sad to say because for our longtime viewers, if you used to watch our Game Oracle show, Frank and I were hyped for Overkill's The Walking Dead. This game yeah. looked absolutely amazing those trailers were amazing those trailers are some of the best trailers ever created for games did you guys did you guys watch when they brought in the streamer celebrities to play the game on their special mm -hmm. so okay they had angry pug jay ghosty Ammunition, and uh, one other guy i didn't rec remember um they were playing it and i've never seen people like tongue-in-cheek try to enjoy something as oh, much yeah. as they especially were, especially like, pug dude yeah, he, he couldn't hide it and, and that's why i love the guy but yeah. um it, it's, yeah. it was it was hard to watch and i thought after that that they would at least peel it back and say okay we need to revamp this and, and maybe just use the assets and change the game you know but because hey you know what overkills the walking dead could have been a great br 
could have been a really good br and, and it would have been. been really hot but you, you add you add a br element to a survival zombie game that would have been awesome you're right. fighting not only you're fighting the people on the map but you're watching out for zombies and if you put hordes in and like other things that would have been awesome if you guys are listening skybound that's what you gotta do okay yeah. Yeah. and now that it's just dead it's a shame no one ever wants to see the game die it never made it out on ps4 and xbox one they had delayed those two versions you know indefinitely while they try to figure out what to do uh the game has been released on pc as i mentioned uh they are going to be pulling it from sale now they didn't mention anything about reviews or i'm sorry not reviews refunds because they should they probably should but the reason why i could see them justifying not doing refunds is because they released it as a season one and their season mm-hmm. two is supposed to come out later this year with the PS4 and Xbox One versions. So they could say, well, you did technically get season one of The Walking Dead on Overkill's Walking Dead, even though it was an atrocious abomination. But yeah, I don't know. They, they said more details would be following for the PC version. Uh, we're going to include Xbox Live games with gold versus PlayStation Plus games in this segment now going forward, just because we're not going to really focus on that in terms of an entire segment now. So let's do this real quick. Xbox Live games with gold for March 2019 coming to Xbox One. We have Adventure Time Pirates of the Inchiridion and Kyridian and Kyridian, whatever weird made up word as it is. All words are made up. All words are made up. I know. Uh, Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare 2 is the other game coming to Xbox One. On Xbox 360, we're getting Star Wars Republic Commando and Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. All both those games are backwards compatible through Xbox One. PlayStation Plus games for March 2019. Now, keep in mind, this is the first month where PS3 games and PS Vita games are not included anymore. With PlayStation Plus. Yeah. February 2019 was the last month that they included those two platforms. It's just PS4 games moving forward. And as we're seeing right now, it is just two games. They're not adding an additional game or anything like that. So for PlayStation Plus games for March 2019, we have Call of Duty Modern Warfare Remastered and The Witness. Can I get a witness? PS4 won this this month. PS4 wins this month. Hands down. Yeah. PS4 absolutely wins this month, even though... Uh, I think Metal Gear Rising Revengeance is a fun game. That's probably the only fun game that Xbox Live is offering. Call of Duty Modern Warfare Remastered is great. And The Witness is one of the best puzzle games ever met, like ever created. Frank, this is an excellent opportunity for you to play this with your mom, because we talked about that in the past. Yeah. And I, I don't like I don't think you've picked it up yet. No, I will now. Yeah. So I think you should definitely tag this and download it, because next time you with her, uh, I think it'd be super fun for you to go through and play that with her, because it is. It is it is it is hard, man. It is a puzzle game that is going to make you think. And that's what I do. I'm a thinker. I would be <laughs> so intrigued to see if you can get through this without looking anything up. I had to look things up. Real. OK, then it's going to be harder because yeah. you're you're a, you're you're a decently smart guy. I'm I, smarter, had, to, I but, had to look things up. And here's the thing. I've never even finished the witness. I need to go back and finish it. And I bought that right. game full price when it came out <laughs> like day one because I was so excited for it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I think we're unanimous decision. PlayStation wins the month of March 2019. You know what time it is, though? It's time for some new releases. <gasps> oh. We're, we're going to talk games that hopefully aren't getting canceled like Overkill's The Walking Dead as we move into new releases for the week of March 4th, 2019. Nothing today, Monday, March 4th. We'll move on to tomorrow, Tuesday, March 5th. We have coming to PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, a game known as Attack of the Earthlings. 
take on Galactoil, a comically dysfunctional intergalactic energy corporation, and its larger-than-life employees in a tactical stealth game that fuses satisfying, strategy, uh, st satisfying strategic gameplay and dark comedy in a quirky single-player story. I looked into this game. It actually looks kind of fun. What is on your shoulder? It's a mole. Okay. Not like not like a birth defect mole. This is a legitimate mole. No, it's a it's a stuffed mole. It's a it, living, breathing mole. No, no, it's it's like a child's toy. It keeps me company. Okay. I think it's moving. We're talking about getting a bunny, so I was just testing it out. You know, seeing what what it would be like to have something stuffed. A with stuffed me. bunny, or no, no, a like, real a, bunny. like a real bunny, like a like a wabbit. Would you let it sit on your shoulder while we recorded the podcast? I would let it do whatever. I'd sit on my head. It'd be like a toupee. It's great. Perfect. Be like having hair all over again. Frosted tips. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the next game coming out tomorrow, coming to PC and PlayStation 4, Left Alive. Left Alive tells a human story of survival from the perspective of three different protagonists during the devastating invasion set in war-torn Novoslava in 2127. Experience the massive power gap between man and machine in pulse-pounding encounters, Face off against powerfully armed troops, armored vehicles, and towering mechs. Choose your playing style, engage in fren uh, frenetic gun battles, or dispatch your enemies with stealth and wit. Set traps, collect and craft consumables to survive while exploring a devastated city ravaged by the atrocities of war. Uncover the full story behind the war through the eyes of three different characters as you progress through the game. Experience multiple story paths, each requiring bold decisions with desperate consequences. I really want to play this, and I've been looking forward to this since they announced it. This is Square Enix, and this is the one that has people like behind from Final Fantasy, from Metal Gear Solid. This is a mix, a mix up of a bunch of different people from a bunch of different popular franchises putting together a game that, if I'm not mistaken, requires online to play. I'm excited for this. The other game coming out tomorrow, Tuesday, March 5th to PC, PS4, Xbox One, another game that I'm actually pretty excited about. The Occupation. That actually looks really good. It looks so good. It's 1987 in Northwest England, a time of 80s British pop, grand architecture, and political unrest. An explosion has triggered a controversial act which threatens to erode civil liberties of the population to be rushed into place. You are tasked with investigating and questioning people on their actions from a tumultuous night which resulted in the loss of many lives. Each person, each person, each person has a different account of the night's event, and you must use the tools at your disposal to get the results you need for your investigation. Will you take the most direct route at the risk of getting caught, or plan your approach carefully whilst, whilst, not even while, whilst precious time ticks by? Events happen in real time, and you must make decisions based on the evidence. You are the reporter. You decide the narrative. Yeah, dude. This I'm looks like that game that I'm you played this. where you were like a detective running around in colloquial... America or whatever. What was that? Colonial? It was that game you did a Twitch play on. Or oh, the one, it was uh, the, the council. One, the one I've never finished. I need to do episode four and five still. Yeah, I've been yeah. begging him to do those. So yeah. <laughs> kind of reminds me of that. Yeah, it's very similar. Sounds like it. It's very similar. Uh, and I had a lot of fun with from what I played of the council. I need to go back and finish it. Uh, I'm going to play through the occupation. It's a game that I've been waiting for, so I can't wait to do that. Frank, you might even enjoy this one. It's 80s British, dude. 80s British pop. Come on now. No, I, I know of this game. I, th I think we mentioned it before you and I. Yeah, it, it, it was delayed till March 5th. I remember it was supposed to come out a couple months ago. Yeah. So uh, it, it's always been something that's been on my radar. So I'm glad it's finally here. Nothing on Wednesday, March 6th. Move on to Thursday, March 7th. A game that is going to be extensively covered here at max level. 
and Level Down Games coming to PC. TikTok, a tale for two. In TikTok, a tale for two, you and your friend find yourself trapped in an eerie world created by the skillful clockmaker um, Emily Rabin? Emily. Amelie Rabin. Amelie Rabin. Is that a real person? Amelie? Amelie Rabin. Oh, that's, that's how I'm reading it. But is that a real person? Is that an actual clockmaker? I have no idea. No your, idea. your mission is to escape, but to do so, you need to navigate a mysterious, sinister clockwork world filled with secrets and cryptic puzzles. To find the truth and ultimately escape this place, you must combine the information on both player screens. Prepare yourselves for a narrative adventure where your communication skills are put to the test. Shout out instructions, discuss what you see, and listen. But remember, time is ticking. Going solo is not an option. Tackle an increasingly challenging and bizarre world filled with puzzles which will push you, your cooperation skills to the very limits. Remember, you are only as strong as each other and your communication skills are what will help you escape. I get to yell at Brian the entire time. Oh, this is going to be great. Yeah, so so, so shout out to the team. Uh, we were provided with several codes for access to this game early. So Frank and I are actually playing it tonight, the day we're recording this podcast. We're actually going to play through it tonight and record our experience. That, that'll be going up on the day that the game releases. I'm going to put that up on the YouTube channel. And then uh, Kyle also is going to be playing through the game uh, sometime either the day it comes out or shortly thereafter. Uh, he'll be playing through it on the Twitch stream, twitch.tv slash Bruce underscore deduce. Look that up. It's on our website if you need information on where to find it or you don't know how to spell it. But yeah, he's going to be going through that with another with another guy and uh, it's going to be covered there as well. So we are going to be extensively playing this game. And I'm sure, Frank, you and I will talk about our experience with it uh, next week on the show. It's going sure. to be fun. So I, I'm really looking forward to doing this. And uh, from what I understand, the game is not incredibly long. If you are an expert at it, you could probably finish it in two to three hours. Like if you are great at solving puzzles and the game is cheap, it's only like six bucks on PC. Like it's not We're gonna a finish it in 25 minutes. I'm that good. <laughs> no, the game is not. Uh, the game is not expensive. They're, they're saying that, you know, obviously, you know, it's not like a full price game or not a major massive game. But it's just meant to be a fun little experience and, and solving some puzzles. So I'm looking forward to doing that. Uh, and we will we'll report back next week with our thoughts. Moving on to Friday, March 8th, coming to PC, PS4, Xbox One, Devil May Cry 5. The Devil You Know returns in this brand new entry in the over-the-top action series available on... Well, it just says available on PC, but I pulled this description from Steam. So available on PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Prepare to get downright demonic with this signature blend of high-octane stylized action and other worldly and original characters the series is known for. Director Hideaki Atsuno and the core team have returned to create the most insane, technically advanced, and utterly unmissable action experience of this generation. The threat of demonic power has returned to menace the world once again in Devil May Cry 5. The invasion begins when the seeds of a demon tree take root in Redgrave City. As this hellish incursion starts to take over the city, a young demon hunter, Nero, arrives with his partner, Nico, in their Devil May Cry motorhome. Finding himself without the use of his right arm, Nero enlists Nico, a self-professed weapons artist, to design a variety of unique mechanical devil breaker arms to give him extra powers to take on evil demons, such as the blood-sucking flying impusa and giant colossus enemy Goliath. I'm pumped for this. I can't fucking Hell yeah, wait. dude. DMCs are always great. Yeah, and, and besides... And I, I knew it was Nero the entire time when we watched the thing the first time. Sure you did. <laughs> Besides Nero, besides Nico, Dante is also in there. So it is all three characters. And I am very much looking forward to playing through DMC5. This is another game that I was hoping to get access to, but uh, it, it just did not happen. And that's OK. I'm buying the game Friday. <laughs> there you go. Why not? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I you know, it, it would have been cool to have access to it to do a review early. But whatever the case may be, this is a purchase for me because I want to play through this game. Next time, Capcom. It. Next time. Maybe next time. Maybe next time. 
Uh, gonna be a great game though, looking forward to it. The last game coming out this week to Nintendo 3DS, Kirby's Extra Epic Yarn. One ticked off sorcerer had just banished Kirby, warping the poor puffball to a yarn world in need of saving. The twist? Having a yarn body is epic. Kirby can transform into knotted wonders like tanks and flying saucers. Plus, his new Ravel abilities mimic his classy, uh, his classic copy abilities, adding something new to every stage of this action adventure game. Ravel abilities allow Kirby to drop buttons like bombs or wield a wire like a sword. And that's just the beginning of all the makeshift magic. Dead end, unzip a secret passage. Too dark, unbutton the night to shed some light. Boss blocking <laughs> your way, unravel its face. As you play, you'll collect decorative treasures for Kirby's pad. Show yours off with the Street Pass feature. If story mode isn't tough enough, see if you can earn more collectibles in devilish mode. In this harder mode, you must survive without invincibility as devils obstruct your path through each stage. There are also all new minigames starring Meta Knight and King Dedede. Frank, are you going to buy this? You know I am. Did you play I the original? Like did you play the original on Wii U? I didn't. That's the, re it's the reason. I that's the reason I want this is because I didn't pick it up on Wii U. Okay, I played the Wii U version, and I think I'm gonna skip the 3DS version. But if you haven't played the Wii U version, I think this is a must-buy on the 3DS because it's a great game. It's a really fun game. On top of that, uh, it hasn't been a good 3DS game in a while, so I, I've been needing one. Yeah, it's been since. Well, I think Luigi's Mansion was the last good yeah. 3DS game in October, so it, it's been a while. Yeah. Uh, pick of the week this week. What are we going with? DMC. I'm also saying DMC five. Oh, I can't do it. Left alive. Okay. All right. It is not unanimous this week, so I always like when it's not because we get to highlight two games. So Frank and I are going with Devil May Cry 5 and Shanzi is going with Left Alive. Your picks of the week this week for the Maps of the Podcast. Who wants to talk to Pokemon? Uh, This guy. Frank, you didn't do your line. Who has two thumbs and is, is ready to be dumb? This guy. Is that your line? <laughs> 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 oh gosh! Yeah, man. Sometimes, sometimes I question our friendship. <laughs> I know. <laughs> How long did you have that one, Cuda? <laughs> I, I didn't. I literally. I mean, just I. I really, really oh, think come of things. On. You are not. You are not that clever. The okay. podcast is over. Let's just cut it now. Then. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> you you do realize the only things that are rehearsed are the stuff on the script. Everything else comes off the top of my head. <laughs> That's why I stumble through my words so often. <laughs> lose my That's train. Pretty of, good. Lose my train just of thought. Na just naturally a douchebag. I get it. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, I uh, want, and everyone tells me that I want to dissect the Pokemon Direct. I want to really go in depth with this and spend quite a bit of time talking about the newly announced generation eight games for Pokemon. We have Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield. Uh, shout out to the Pokemon company for approving our reaction video on the YouTube channel. Thank you. Uh, it, hey it, it, it took about 18 hours, but, you know, it was blocked worldwide because they obviously like to block videos because they don't want a lot of people showing the stuff. But we got proved, which was nice. Thanks to them. Uh Let's talk about this. First of all, Frank, are you excited? Let me tell you something. For one, I didn't know this direct was coming. You didn't see you didn't see the info, the announcement the day before. You missed it. I did. I, I missed it. But it's a good thing because it, it, it lends itself to a, a message I got from a friend. My buddy sent me a message. He goes, dude, dibs on the sword to which I responded. What sword? So to which you're going to text message back. Um, uh, from the, from friends, you'll see, you'll all see. I'm like, what the hell am I missing? And then Brian message, she goes, the direct Sword and Shield looks really cool. I'm like, 
what the hell is Brian talking about? Uh, and then when I found out that they announced Pokemon Sword and Shield, unbelievable. The trailer just it, it hit all every right beat for me. It looks so good. And I mentioned we got, this, new, we got to see our new starters. Yeah, we got to see the three new starters, which I want to talk about here in a minute. There was uh, a user on the Reset Era forums that was like, he's, he kind of compared what Pokemon was going to be before it was announced because he's he's one of the guys that had, you know, he's privy to inside information over at Nintendo. He's like, this really reminds me of like what Breath of the Wild was for the Zelda franchise. Oh, yeah. And I could see why he said that. And a lot of people were like, kind of questioning why he said that because they were expecting like this big open world and this, you know, like massive non-linear experience like we got with Zelda. And I don't think that's what he meant by the breath of the wild of, of the Pokemon franchise. What he meant is that it is a giant leap forward, much like breath of the wild was a giant leap forward for Zelda. Pokemon sword and shield looks like a giant leap forward for Pokemon. We have a new graphics engine. That is a modified version of what we saw with Pokemon. Let's go. We have a massive continent, the biggest we've seen in any Pokemon game to date, like with with worlds and just interconnectivity. Galar? Galar, the Galar region. Okay. Yep, Galar region, uh, which I, I want to talk about fans theories on on what that I, actually I, is. I, I'm doing a lot of reading. So, yeah, me, yeah. Me, me too. Me too. The presentation style. It looks like we have a combination of the way that battles used to be in the original games mixed with how they was done in Pokemon Let's Go. That's what Let's Go was missing. It seems like it's going to have some of the mechanics from Let's Go brought over, but more of an more of an emphasis on the original way to do it. Like wild encounters look like they were back from what I saw from the trailers. I want to be able to play this game with a controller, though. I don't want to have to sit there and throw my my Joy-Con back and Please forth like this. <laughs> <laughs> so and I don't want to have to play it handheld mode the entire time. I want to play this damn thing on the TV because it looks so beautiful. Yeah. So is that why you told me you wanted dibs on 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 shield? I did told you I want dibs on shield. That wasn't the reason, although it actually will work out well for me. Uh, I just I'm a wrestling fan and I want to have the shield. Um, Loser. <laughs> oh, the hell? I'm, a, I'm, I'm a geek. I'm a geek. I own up to it. What can I say? Yeah, I guess that means I have to get sword then because you and I have to have different copies. So it'd be cool. I mean, you could get the same one. I'm, I, I trust me. Uh, I can get all the Pokemon I want without you. Um, well, yeah, as we saw with Let's Go. <laughs> <laughs> No, I definitely want to. I definitely want to have different a different version than you because you're the only other person I know. But Sean, I, you'll probably pick this up. I'm assuming, right? You're a Pokemon fan. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Honestly, dude, I I think I'm in on this. I have to. And I know Kyle's getting it. Probably, probably a lot of my friends will get it, and so I don't care what version I get. But I definitely think at the max level podcast, it would be really cool if all three of us picked a different starter. No, and that's something I want to do here. So uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and jump into these starter characters that I want to kind of look at here. So we have three characters, as we always have for starter characters. We have Grookey, we have Score Bunny, and we have Sobble. And your typical fire, yeah, water, fire, leaf. fire, grass, water, fire, grass, water are the three elements that they're representing. So Grookey is the grass type and is a mischievous, curious chimp, and he is very cute looking. Score Bunny is a fire type. He is highly energetic and looks amazing as well. And then Sobble, the water type, is a more timid lizard that likes to hide. And they they literally said this in the direct, but they're like, you know, he likes to attack what like spit water out while he's hidden. And he always is very scared. I, l- I love the naming scheme too here because it definitely opens up some good ideas. Yeah, Sobble, Sobble is a great name for that character. 
So I want to know, which starter are you picking and why? Every Pokemon game since Gen 1, I've always picked the water starter. Uh, okay. I don't want to go water starter this time, though. Okay. Who are you going with? Whoa. I actually want to go with Grookey. Okay. Because uh, I, I have a theory on how his, how his evolution chain is going to go. Okay. And I actually saw somebody uh, on, I want to say it was NeoGAF? Or one of these, I, I, I jumped on so many websites, but they echo my idea. Grookey, the name, Groovy Monkey. <laughs> Donkey Kong. <laughs> because, you, because, because you see him like banging on a rock, like percussion, when it, when it first starts. So I think it's, a, it's, it's probably like, He's gonna be a drummer. He's gonna be like a, like a rock star kind of Pokemon. I think that's how I'm feeling. <laughs> that would be sweet. Like, kind of kind of like how uh, Incineroar was a like a wrestler. <laughs> yeah. I'm, so like because they, they they all go through their like their things. Um, I forgot the name of the uh, the water starter from from uh, Sun and Moon, but um, she 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 ended up becoming it, it went through a ballet theme and she became like pre marina at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't want to be a ballerina this time through. Um, but you'd be so pretty. Sobble is going to probably go down a crying route. Yeah. Yeah. Score bunny. I mean, a, a fire rabbit. Freaking awesome. But uh, yeah, I want to go with Grookey. I want to go Grookey because I, I think it's going to be a cool, like, rock star Pokemon. So you're going Grookey. Okay. Sean, what are you thinking? You're going to give me the second choice? Uh, Sure. You know, honestly, I think Score Bunny is the way to go on this one. Okay. I do. Sobble looks cool, but there's so many strong water Pokemon in the game that sometimes when you think about taking a starter, you really want to pick something that maybe it's lacking, in my opinion. And I think Pokemon games have always slept on fire. I, I really do. I I know that there's good fire except Pokemon for out there. Except for Charmander, really. Yeah, I mean, but really, come on. You know, Charmander is good. But... Chimchar, Torchic. Uh, those are all great. <laughs> I played with I played with Torchic, and I gotta tell you, I used Torchic more as a fighting Pokemon than I did a. a that is, a that is true, yeah. I guess by the time Blaziken gets up there. Yeah, so I mean, for me, I'm looking for a good, strong fire Pokemon because there is a lack of strong ones that you can go out and get. You know, but, water Pokemon, you can always do like a Starmie, or you know, you can always get like a Psyduck, or you know, you can you always. What do you get think the dual stuff. typing will be though? Because you know that everything's gonna have a dual type eventually. So what's what's gonna be the dual typing on this? I don't know. I mean, I guess you could say maybe fighting. fighting. Yeah, I, I I would love to see more of a fire Pokemon take on something else, like psychic or something weird. I was, I was just gonna I say it. I could see psychic being used for this. Oh, the more ghost we, Pokemon. There there are fire ghosts and fire psychics already, so we have those. We have yeah. a, a Victini. We have a Victini and. Forget the, the the fire ghost. So it is awesome. Fire metal would be cool. Fire metal would be awesome. Because I because I think Grookey will end up being uh grass rock. Or a grok. A grok. A grok. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I think they're all cool. They all have different things to do, but I, I would be lying if I didn't say I put a lot of thought into who I was gonna build my team around and what I wanted out of my starter. Are we expecting 100 new Pokemon like like typical fashion for, for new generations? Are we expecting about 100 I hope new ones? not. You I hope think not. I really hope how many are you? How, how many are you hoping we see new? Well, I, I want the world to feel like a world. 
when you play a Pokemon game, it feels like you're on a completely different planet until you run into a Pikachu. <laughs> True. You know what I mean? It, it, and, and I'd like to see the world start to get a little smaller in Pokemon Fantasyland because eventually I'd like to see a game where they have more than one region and you can go, you know, to different regions in the game and experience those callbacks that we love. Right. We've because had that. there've been games that you've been able to go to other regions, like at the end of the game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I want to see it like take actually be part of the game. Right. Like part of the story. Yeah. You know, and that'd be fun. Like the Pokemon League aspect in this game looks really intriguing to me because we might see some people from different regions and say, oh, wow, you know, that's kind of cool. Like that's the tie into this game and blah, blah. But as far as going and exploring it, that would be fun. That would be the best, I think. I do so. want more. I want more regional Pokemon than anything else. I want you know because like we got we got that with the with the Alolan Pokemon. Yes. You know we had like yeah you know, we had like ice versions of fire Pokemon and we had like the the, the really cool looking Muck that was all different colors and yeah that yeah cool. yeah no that would be that'd be interesting to see. Uh, super happy that neither of you said Sobble because that was a character I wanted to start with. So but of course you he did. looks it's, like it's, you it's, too. It's, it's, the, it's the emo character. I, of 100%, course, that was dude. Hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. I, I was I was so confident that neither one of you was going to take that character. That's why I went last. So plus, Grass has the type of advantage against you. Uh, you know, maybe maybe I put a little thought into that. You know? <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean Sobble, just obviously emo, emotional character, timid. This is perfect for me. I love that character. I, I think it's so fantastic. Uh, and I, I and can't I think wait it, for him to meet my Pikachu. And I think it's adorable. So, yeah, uh, I, I, I plan on starting a Sobble. So I, I'm, I, I think that if we stick with what we said, we all three will start with a new, a different starter Pokemon, which would be really cool. Let's play a game. Who's Kyle going to start as? Kyle's going to go grass. Kyle is a grass guy. He um, he's I don't know. I don't know why he's just different. Kyle's one of those guys where you try to pin him down and put a, a label on him and then he jumps up and surprises you and says he likes pickling things like <laughs> he's just a different kind of guy he's he's probably gonna go grooky he's gonna like. wonder tra- he's gonna wonder trade his character away at the very beginning and just get something random <laughs> he probably would kyle's the kind of guy that would be like i'm gonna roll with a freaking voltorb and call it a day like i just i don't get him but he's he's that charismatic enigma that we all know and love so I like that you actually say because I, I was leading towards Grookey for Kyle as well. Yeah, he's a Grookey kind of guy. It just seemed like that would be the character that he would pick. Kyle reminds me a lot of Frank. Like they have a lot of a lot of similarities in terms of like their their humor. And I mentioned this when when Kyle was on the show and how he kills people off all the time. But <laughs> the, the fact that Frank is also picked Grookey definitely just lends more credibility to the fact that I think Kyle will go Grookey as well. Yeah, man. You guys are a good tag team. Top guys. The Grookey brothers. The Grookers. <laughs> Gobbledy Grookers. <laughs> I'm going to call you guys the Grokkers, and you have to wear like the Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty oh, gear. Oh, dude, that's so good. <laughs> which, <laughs> which, one, which one is the Marty? Probably, probably Frank would have to be the Marty Jannetty. <laughs> Why would I be Marty Jannetty? Frank is definitely the Marty Jannetty there. You'd probably break a window if you went through it. I don't know. Kyle's kind of, he kind of raily. <laughs> I told you, man, he's getting, he's getting buff. He did. He did three three hundred and seventy some pushups the other day on on the it's stream. It's okay because Marty Marty did live my life stream of becoming intercontinental champion, so it's good enough for me. That's true. Marty Gennetti, Marty Gennetti is also attracted to his daughter. What? What? Okay, well let's I never talk about Marty Gennetti again. <laughs> <laughs> what's he gonna do? An AMA on eight chan next? Probably, like what's probably, going on here? Probably. <laughs> Uh, look no, at Marty Janetti. Look it up. It's it's a it's not. I mean, it, it's definitely just people throwing shade at him, but it, it's it's a hilarious story. 
Yeah. The, the, the theories about this region, the Galar region. Because yeah, well, let's talk about that, because you mentioned that there would be potentially some region specific Pokemon. So I want to hear what you think this region might be based off of and see if it's the same thing that I think. Uh, the theory I've been seeing, and it looks right to me, is Great Britain. Absolutely. 100 percent. And I, more, and I more, more so Great Britain upside down. Yeah. And, and I actually thought that while watching the trailer, because uh, it is an island and it looks very similar to the United Kingdom. Yes. Uh, if you in the trailer, like when they were actually showing the video, the top town actually has a miniature Big Ben. You can literally see Big yeah. Ben in that town. You can see a Ferris wheel, which might be kind of reminiscent of the London Eye. Um, the and because it's upside down, obviously, you know, the, the, the those cities are on the bottom of the island of the United Kingdom, but they're at the top of the other ones. That's why everyone is, is maybe thinking it's upside down. But. I think the most telling clue that this is inspired by the UK is that grass like figure in the grass. There was in, in one section of the trailer that showed the character walking past a grassy mountainous area. And there was that, right. that like that man in the in the actual mountain. And that literally exists over in the UK. Like that is a legit thing over there. They have this, you know, I forget how it was done, but it was so long ago. But it's like it's like this man on the on the on the ground, so to speak. And it's huge. It's massive. It has a name. I don't know the name. I think it's cool because it can make some pretty interesting regional versions of Pokemon, too. Yeah. And, and it just it seems inspired by the UK. Like you look at the the you know, the countryside, you look at the clothing. I think it has to be that. I think it has to be. Vast plains, mountains. Like. An industrial looking city. It very much seems like a an early version of what like London was. Now, Alola, Alola played off the whole Hawaiian thing. It was very obvious that it was Hawaii. Um, now, um, like the, the, their Pokemon were more like the pure forms. They're like that, 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 that was their thing. Uh, executors were able to grow their necks really long because it was you know more free and open. They had the space. What would they do for British things? Would they would, they, would these be like? A Pikachu in a top hat and a little monocle. When you cook them, they're all bland. <laughs> no, actually, what I was, what, what I was, I was thinking more along the lines of steampunk. Yeah. Ooh, getting like a, maybe getting like a, a regional variant of Magnemite or uh, Clink and Clank, like the, uh, the the Gear Pokemon. Yeah, th- things like that, like things that are because Which Pokemon nobody Pokemon nobody ever talks about anyway. Yes, and I and I and I and I think that. Steampunk is such an interesting concept, and, and obviously we see we're seeing it more and more now in, in pop culture and gaming in general. But it could be something that Pokemon explores. And every time I think steampunk, I do associate that with with the UK, even though it's not exclusively there. But just everything steampunk reminds me so much of Victorian London. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, that's clearly what what it was inspired by. So I, I could easily see something like that being our regional variances for the Pokemon. And, and you know, not every. Not every not every Pokemon had an Alolan version, did they? No, there's there's only a handful. But being that it's that it's British in England, uh, the, the things that pop to mind are we're gonna get more dragon Pokemon. Hope so. We're gonna get more fairy Pokemon. I mean, uh, those ones just jump out. Obviously, gonna pop. I have all different kinds. There might be like a, there might be like more like urban Pokemon as well. Things that you would find like you know in an urban city. So. How many dragon Pokemon are there? Not many. Not many at all. So that this could be definitely an opportunity to introduce a couple new ones. Yeah. And obviously, you know, that 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 region is like the birthplace of dragons. <laughs> so I, I think that would definitely be pretty freaking cool to see. 
Um, I do think we're going to see 100 new Pokemon, though. I think we will see about 100. What That would take us up to 900? 900 then, I think is what we're... Because there's 800 it, right wait, now, right? It, it, there's 801 or 802. So yeah, so, it would take us... So right around 900. Wow, Gen 9's going to be 1,000 Pokemon. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's, it's insane. insane. It's insane. I can imagine, you know, somebody needs to update that PokeRap. Oh, that one you showed me? The, the PokeRap was from the original Pokemon cartoon. was the original yeah. 151. Yeah, you showed me that, that rap, yeah. There's a parody one out there where someone starts just making up random do, stuff. Oh, do they? <laughs> yeah. It's like they show a plunger or something. I, it, it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I think the game looks really cool. I yeah. really do. I'm more hyped for this than I, than I thought I would be. I, I definitely want to see a different spin on Pokemon. And, and I think the steampunk thing, a cultural um, shift is what Pokemon games are all about now. Like, you know, the first couple of games, it was more like, oh, let's just make things more advanced. Right. And, you know, I, I think definitely the, the X and the Y angle with like the really futuristic type stuff and filtered into the game or, you know, stuff like that. I, I don't know. I, I think a callback to like regional cultural experiences is fun. And it's uh, it's kind of funny because it's it's almost like you're traveling in this made up place and you can see the different parts of the world and they're actually different and, and exciting and fun and they have their own, you know, quirks and stuff. And I see that a lot in traveling in real life. So that's, that's kind of interesting. You know, it, it creates an experience, which I think is probably what I'm most excited about. Cause I'm sick of Pokemon games being on the DS. Yeah. You know, I want to, I want to take this mainstream and actually experience it and immerse myself. And it's hard to on the tiny screen like that. So the TV, like you said, the switch. Um, I, I really want to see um, more handheld features on the switch, though. Like, I don't want this to be a console Pokemon. I, I, I really want to be able to take my switch and like do fun things with people. If I ever like run into someone with Pokemon, you know, I miss the days where, you know, trading and, and battling and stuff was actually more fun in the game for me. I don't know. When I was a kid, I felt like you really you took your. I used I used to take my Game Boy and my transfer cable with me to school. Yeah, you you really like you were trying to flex nuts hard out there when you when you saw someone <laughs> with a Game Boy. You know, you were like, I can take this dude. I know I can, and I I want to recapture that feeling. You know, that would be really fun. Um, I'm sad that the the Switch does not have like Street Pass features for this game. I think it would be really really fun to. To even like when you're walking by somebody, you get one entry into your Pokedex because they have a Pokemon you haven't discovered yet. And you can be like, oh, wow, I want to find this in the game now because I know this guy has it. And that looks like a cool Pokemon. Just things like that would be fun. And I, I think Nintendo maybe missed the mark on that a little bit. But who knows? Maybe something will come out that'll be better than that. Mm -hmm. And um, that's fine. There, there were some there were some 4chan leaks, which, again, you have to take those with grains of salt. But they're saying that some of the uh, the regional things would be armored evolutions. OK, so uh, like there's like, the one they mentioned or armored Charizard, armored Mewtwo, armored Flygon and armored Zoraria. So that that would be cool to see, you know, like 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 Knights, like Knights of the Round Table kind of thing with uh, Pokemon. Yeah, that'd be super interesting, which, which, which again, which again ties into Sword and Shield. Yeah, absolutely. It does. Oh. Nintendo Online. I want to see what happens with Nintendo Online with this game. Yeah, it, I, I want I'm, I'm hoping it's more than just trading. You know what I mean? I'm hoping it's more than just yeah. trading Pokemon back and forth, even though that probably will be the extent of it. Uh, my lip is bleeding. Look at that. I just licked it off. Um, what are you doing? 
No, you can see it. It's right there. <laughs> <laughs> you guys look at me. Right there, my lip is bleeding. I don't know. I just saw a pool of blood forming on my lip as I was talking. I must have bit my lip and didn't even realize it. You mentioned X and Y briefly and, 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 and kind of things, uh, Sean. And that got me thinking because X and Y's region, Kalos, was yeah. based on France. So if we are able to travel to a different region, that would be the one that probably be the one that I would think of. Yeah. And it is the closest one to if this is the UK, maybe we'll get to go explore the Kalos region again. I think that'd be cool. Or take a plane over to Unova. New York. (laughs) New York, baby. (laughs) Nice. Nice. You know what? I, I, all I want to do is I want to see some more involvement or reference. Like, it would be really cool in this game if the SSN came into dock and you could actually battle cool. people with Pokemon from that region off of the boat. Something fun like that. Something where it's a callback and it introduces more of the stuff back in the games. Because I think part of the main reception for Let's Go was just going back to that region and getting to see it in that light. And that, that looked really cool. I almost got that game, but I just really did not want to invest in a in the game solely because it wasn't new experience for me. Like it was a cool reimagining and it was cool to see new things and new features. I just I figured if I was going to buy a game, I'd want a whole new experience. And that's why I stayed back on that. But you can totally see how that was received well, especially since that came out years ago. Like. That stuff was out when we were in middle school, you know, and and now these kids nowadays have no idea. You can recycle that into new games and it's basically like new content for the majority of their audience. I really do feel like we're the minority, us older guys in our 30s playing this for game. For sure, for for sure, 1000%. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I'm an OG, yo. <laughs> <laughs> the the question that I have for you though, Sean, what do you want from them in terms of online capabilities for this game? Like, what do you what do you want to see? The dream would be to go to no a portion of the the continent or the region where people are just there. Like you could you could join up a shard and be like walking around and trading Pokemon and even buying and selling things from people or, or shops that you normally can't get in the game like a like a Poke shop that's exclusive to that part or something. I, I don't think that you should be multiplayer the whole the whole game. I don't think you should run into randos playing. I, I think it would be fun to enter into a mode where everyone is. That's just a multiplayer area. So it feels like a city. So it feels like, you know, a lot more is going on. Like my biggest gripe with X and Y was you go to that big city and no one's there. Right. Yeah. Like It's just like a ghost town. Like, hey, let's put some players in there. Let's say, hey. You have to go to this place to experience this part of the game. And it's not just like some end game arena would be fun. Now, I do know that people who have a switch don't always play online or on Wi-Fi. And that would be a crucial part of the game for them. And they can't experience it. That would stink. But Pokemon is no stranger to that exclusion. If you don't play with a friend and trade you don't get all the Pokemon like they've run their game the entire way this way of being something where you had to conform to the way they want to do it. And I think that would be a next step. That'd be fun, exciting. I don't think it's going to happen, but it would be really a new twist. It would be fun. I don't know. What do you want? Is that crazy? I don't think it's crazy. No, kind of what I would like to see 
And, and Frank kind of tongue in cheek there said like a, a Pokemon MMO. And I, I don't there, think actually, there's a there's a famine one that I played for a while. Yeah, it, it was literally called Pokemon MMORPG. And it wasn't that good. It was it was Pokemon Red. Yeah. And Pokemon Blue uh, or, or Pokemon Green. I'm sorry. So those graphics. But everyone existed at the same time. So everyone could play the game. You still played the single player game. But if you saw somebody you wanted to battle them, you could battle them. You want to trade, you could trade. You know, it was it was cool to have that. You know, and that's it, it was cool, but I don't think it was that well implemented. I don't think it was that well done. Obviously, being fan made, but still, um, what I, what you I would can still, you can still meet up with your friends though. You know, like so if, if you and I wanted to play and just roll through the game together, we could do that. Well, that's what I that's what I was gonna mention. So I don't I don't want to I don't want an actual like Pokemon MMO, but I think it would be cool that if you had people on your friends list that you you know you've passed your your friend code back and forth to, and, and it's people that you know. I think it would be cool if it was a shared world experience between your friends. Oh, hey, that's a great point. So we see a lot of this game is picking up a lot of the animated cartoon like characteristics, because whenever we played a Pokemon game, we never played in a big arena. Like I remember seeing the Pokemon arena in Smash Brothers thinking, wow, I wish this was in Pokemon. And so you're seeing all these different features from the cartoon to actually make its way into the games now. We've seen the cartoon always where people traveled with companions together where yeah. Ash and Brock and Misty all rolled together. That'd be fun to have like an experience where you could have a tag along guy and they may not be able to fight in every battle. But like, hey, it, it would be cool to experience that with you guys. That'd be fun. So kind of what kind of what my thought process was behind it would be that, you know, you have a limited amount of space in your world, so to speak. That you could share with, uh, between your friends. And obviously, you know, it's I think Animal Crossing, so to speak. Like, you know, I have my own town. Frank has his own town. Sean, you have your own town. But we can travel back and forth to one another's towns. So yeah. this this shared world experience in, in Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield, there's a limited amount of space that you can invite friends into your town. And, you know, while you're in someone else's game, you can partake in battles but they're your own battles still like you know they're unique to you like i if if i'm played up if i'm linked up with you sean you might get a random battle that is solely on your screen and i don't even see it i just you know see like a little thing off to the side it looks like your character is fighting a pokemon and that, that's how i know you're in a battle and that's what I, that's what i want because then let's you know you have a different version i can catch the other pokemon yeah so you so you're seeing yeah. your pokemon and your version of the game i'm seeing my pokemon and then we can trade right then and there I don't think that I don't think that it would be exciting if they let you catch the other Pokemon if you were to visit someone else's town that had a different version of the game. But I don't know if they could make that work. If they could, that'd be great. And I think that'd be fantastic. But if not, at least. OK, so say, Frank, you have shield and there's a shield exclusive Pokemon in the region that you and I are standing and you catch it. Well, then you could trade it to me right then and there. You could just hand it to me, so to speak. But I can't catch that price. Pokemon. Well, I'll, I'll give you a Vulpix. Yeah, there I'm, you go. I'm, so, I'm so holding my breath on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I think that this this opens up a world of possibilities for the towns, like you mentioned as well, because the towns do feel so lifeless a lot in Pokemon games, where you know you just have a couple random NPCs standing around. If you had other friends with you, at least the towns would feel more alive. Yeah, something. Yeah, create some type of aspect where you actually feel like you're in the world and you're not just playing you know, a solo game. Right. Even though it, even though it obviously is designed to be a solo JRPG type of experience, I think this game is now crossing into that realm that 
it would be fun to open it up a little bit to friends. Not that I don't again, I don't want it to be online. I don't want to run into randoms, but I want will to go through with friends. Will this game connect to Let's Go or connect to uh, Pokemon Go? I, I don't, don't think, think so. so. I think that's a I mistake. Don't think so. Yeah, I think I think Pokemon Go and Pokemon Let's Go are going to stay connected. I think that those two franchises will stay intertwined with within each other. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping they, I'm hoping they stay, stay like, you know, I don't want them to connect because then Nintendo's going to try to sell us Pokebank 2.0. Right. Take, yeah. everything that we, take, take everything that we already earned and like just, just tra- pay 10 bucks to transfer it. I don't want to do that. I think the mainline games will stay separate as and as, as they I mean, Sun and Moon was separate from Go, was it not? There wasn't really interconnectivity between those two and they was those existed no. at the same time. So I think that Go and Let's Go will stay together because I do think in 2020 we're going to see and Let's Go too. I think we're going to see the next evolution. What is it? Gold and Silver. I think is we're going to see the remakes of those two games. They're going to keep doing this back and forth now where every two years we're going to get a new gen. Every two years we're going to get a new Let's Go game. So they're going to stay going back and forth like 2021. We'll have a Gen 9 and 2022. We'll have Let's Go 3. So if Pokemon Go stays relevant. Yeah, we are, dude. We're not going to have Gen 9 in two years. We're going to have Pokemon Armor. I misspoke by saying Generation, but I said new mainline entry. Okay, fair enough. Um, I forgive you. There's there's been a mainline entry in the core generation of Pokemon. So we're, we're going 23 years. Every two years has been at least something. So now they're to the point where they have a team working on Let's Go. They have a team working on the core generation. We're going to start seeing and they're going to do this because it's their cash cow. We're going to see a new Pokemon Let's Go every two years and a new Pokemon mainline game every two years. They may not advance the generation, but they're going to at least keep releasing those games. It's going to happen. And they're not. They're, yeah, they're, they're going to be cranking out Pokemon games every year from, from here on out. Absolutely. And it's not and they're not even going to do it as DLC like we originally were kind of speculating because we you I know you had mentioned that there might be some DLC for Let's Go where we would see, you know, the the Gen 2 included in that. I think it's just going to be a whole new game for 60 bucks. Why wouldn't it be? They could sell it. I'll buy it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We would. So I, I, I don't I think it's an exciting time to be a Pokemon fan, because as you, did you even catch it in the actual direct? It was only a seven minute direct, but they even said they have more announcements for Pokemon coming later in 2019. That's awesome. I think that clearly is pointing to the fact that they're probably going to announce Let's Go to later this year. If it's coming out next year, they're going to announce it. At least they're going to say, hey, we're working on this. I want to hear Snap, too. I want the whole Internet to just have a collective. Oh, my God. moment. <laughs> I would play Snap, too, man. <laughs> I would play Pokemon Snap, too. I want that. And it's again, we've talked about this. The Switch is the perfect platform to have a Pokemon Snap game. It is. Yeah, it is. Keep, keep your eyes peeled to Koro Koro because they almost always start um, letting you know like that the Pokemon that are coming out. Especially uh, if you have the Switch handheld mode, you can literally like move it around and stuff. And like, yeah. you can see the Pokemon hiding. And, and man, I think a Pokemon Snap would be so great on the Switch, even if it was a remake. I'd buy a remake of that game, even if they don't want to do a sequel. Just make the remake the game. Make it a mobile so, game. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. I was going to say unconventional. Making a mobile game, freaking, you pull out your phone and you, you actually are in, like, let's say I'm in Seattle and I'm down in Seattle and there's a Pokemon in Seattle that I want to go get, go take a picture of it with the camera mode, call it a day. I think that that's originally what the Pokemon mobile game should have been. I, I think Pokemon Go is nice, but it's it's not as immersive real world as they broadcasted it to be when they were making it right so no. pokemon snap mobile would have been the way to go 
and it and it would have been better in my opinion to have the genre be separate on a mobile and then pokemon games actually still be on systems because i think let's go was um probably what pokemon go should have been on a system i agree with that i think i think that that would have at least appealed to me more for a mobile title than pokemon go did but you look at the you know how successful pokemon go was and they clearly didn't make a mistake there that game is so massive so they made the perfect choice releasing it first yeah yes if it wasn't first it wouldn't have took off Uh, no that that that's true that is definitely true do either of you have anything else to add to the pokemon sword and shield discussion before we move on I wish that there would be more opportunities to catch your favorite Pokemon from other games. It, it would be fun to have the ability to, to have a dream team with actual stuff that I enjoyed when I was younger. The Harlem Globetrotters of Pokemon, you know, that kind of stuff. I, I don't know. I, I'm not looking for all the old Pokemon, but I really enjoy some of the OGs that haven't gotten like a chance to really shine. It would be fun to see them. That was probably my favorite part of Pokemon Go was seeing an Arcanon actually do something. <laughs> you know, it, was, it was kind of fun. Right. But I don't know. I, you can do whatever you want. I'm, I'm probably going to buy it. It's fine. I'm going to ask for it for Christmas. Santa's going to give it to me because I'm a good boy. That's fine. We're, we're good. Oh, you're, you're, you're going to get it for Christmas, man. That's a whole month delay. You know, this game's going to come out in November, mid-November. Dude, you know me. Come on. Come on now. Come on now. You got you to be there day one jumping into this with us. Well, you know, my birthday is in November, so perfect. Perfect. <laughs> good, good birthday November. present. We ain't waiting for Christmas. Early November. That's fine. Get the pre-order for your birthday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's paid off. But you know what that sound means. It's time to move into a little kickstart my heart. And I got something exciting here. One that makes me extremely happy because this is a game that dude the concept of this is so cool so that's the tagline is rise of an npc it's a single player (laughs) satirical game about rpg heroes with no remorse and npc villagers desperately trying to protect their valuables the name of the game is heroes ravage so as we know anytime you play like a zelda game or an rpg we play as the hero and we go into these people's houses these npc houses and we pick up their their you know, their pots and we break them against the wall looking for rupees or we slash their bushes or just, you know, destroy their belongings. In this game, you play as an NPC. And the whole purpose of the game is to hide your belongings and protect them before the actual heroes get there to destroy your crap and try to find your loot. (laughs) So it's so freaking cool, man. It says here that it takes the old school RPG genre in another direction. You are not trying to save the world, but you're trying to save your hard earned crystals. And it even even talks about here what I what I talked about. Have you ever played an RPG as a hero where you barge into private houses uninvited in search of loot and smash all the breakable objects right in front of the house inhabitants while they are eating their dinner? If you have, (laughs) you know, the next step is to demand answers. If they have seen someone suspicious walking around town as you quickly skip through the dialogue and proceed to steal everything that is not glued to the floor. The NPC villagers often feel their spirits boosted as the chosen one is passing through town, that is, until the hero smashes everything and steals all the money that is keeping the NPCs from starving. He may be powerful, full of spells and magical items that could buy a castle, but that worn out piece of underwear in the closet sure may come in handy when, when fighting the demon lord. Often these actions are enabled by the freedom that the players have in the game, so, we just, so the team decided to flip the script and breathe life into the NPC villagers, giving control to the players so that they are not robbed of their life savings while looking blankly at the heroes. And so the team crafted a game where players will play as a villager, 
For once, you will feel what it is like to be an RPG NPC, and a fun and engaging satire to the entire genre. The goal of the game is to protect all of your access, and access is the, the, uh, the crystal in the world, it's the currency. You, the villager, have had it with these heroes coming along and taking all your belongings. You have worked too hard for these crystals to only have the heroes take everything. You, the NPC, will no longer stand by helpless anymore. Now, you will prepare to protect your valuables. You will be able to set up a variety of traps to slow down the onslaught of the gem-craving heroes. Another tactic might be to hide your valuables in spots where the, the heroes won't bother to look. Ever wondered why money drops out of bushes and clay pots? <laughs> <laughs> so, so you look at the graphics there and it shows like the character hiding it in bushes. You can set up like spike traps around your loot. You can have like a button on the floor where you can put stuff in like a trap door underneath the floor. Uh, this shows one character like hiding loot in a hole in the ground and filling it with water. Uh, there's many different ways that you can actually hide things in the game, and I think that's pretty cool. It says the story here. After many years of saving up, you finally have enough crystals to buy a little broken down ranch in the outskirts of town. You pay the merchant and are excited to finally have a place to call your own. Unknown to you, the demon lord has awakened, and so the Tree of Mana, defender of this world, calls upon the heroes. The heroes have just awakened and are in dire need of access. Again, this is the currency of the world. Before you can even begin enjoying your time in your new house, the heroes barge in, breaking everything you have and stealing all your hard-earned valuables. You try to reason with the heroes, but to no avail. Shouts and incomprehensive grunts are the only reply as they roll around in your house, slashing everything as fast as they came in. They also leave, leaving a trail of destruction. You hear the grunts of the heroes getting farther and farther away from you. As you walk around the town, you notice that all the houses have been looted, leaving only the villagers looking lifeless at each other. As you return home depressed and disheartened, you approach the local merchant and dis discuss what happened. That's when the merchant will tell you that it is normal, and more heroes will come in the future looking for loot. That's when you realize that you've had enough, and so you commission the merchant to start developing all kinds of deadly traps to prevent the heroes from ransacking your house. During the story of Heroes Ravage, Rise of an NPC, you will eventually realize that just making traps is not enough, since you will have to fight endless hordes of relentless heroes starving for, or starving for loot. You will have to investigate a solution for you and your town, you will need tr to travel the world and find out the mysteries surrounding the heroes, the Demon Lord, and many more soul-shattering revelations that will leave you wishing that it wasn't all true. In the end, this is a story about the rise of an NPC finally protecting his house and his valuables from the heroes, no matter how far he will have to go, even if he has to go to the Forbidden Demon Lord den or the legendary halls of heroes in order to finally have his well-deserved peace. I'm in. Yes. I'm so in. I, I love the fact that you could, like, raise monsters so you're actually building a dungeon out of your house now to, to yeah. keep them out yeah it is so cool like the <laughs> level of customization that you have you can set these traps do, do these monsters it's kind of it's kind of like an an rpg mixed with a tower defense game it really is because you're you know you're defending your stuff against an onslaught of heroes but with a less emphasis on the tower defense stuff because i'm not a tower defense guy i don't like tower defense games but if I if I know that these heroes, like the characters we would normally be playing as in a game like this, are going to come and try to take my stuff, and it's it's you know not something where I have to constantly set up traps. Like it looks like it doesn't happen that often because the game is also has a lot of exploration involved, where you're going out and going to your own dungeons and going finding your own stuff, you know, to build these traps. So there is a game there behind just you know crafting and stopping an onslaught of enemies. Uh, I'm down with this, man, and you know just. It's it's not even that expensive to get a copy of the game on Kickstarter. Uh, Seventeen dollars will get you a digital copy of the game, uh, high res digital wallpaper, all unlocked stretch goals and achievements when they happen. 
name in the credits and access to the Discord. And they're saying that uh, the game should come out by late 2019. They're saying September, but I don't want to lock it to a month. I, I stay late 2019. It's kind of cool. I'm in. I want to buy this. There's a GIF that says it all on the page, and it's where like this normal looking guy is running around with this rupee above his head and he's like, oh, cool. And he throws it in a bush. Oh, yeah. And then the hero, the hero runs in and hacks the bush and sticks it in his satchel and walks away. Not even two <laughs> seconds later, dude. Then you're like, oh, no, <laughs> that sucks. That was Sally's tuition, you know, gone. Yeah, now she's going to be dumb. Now, she, now she's just Susie. Yep. Yeah. she's she's not going to be able to do it, man. No, but I think the game looks really fun. It's going to come out in 2020. Um, I, I I do want to see what else they're going to do with it because yeah. right now there's only four heroes and the and the four heroes have different strengths. Right. So one has like a hook shot and one has a, a sword or something right and and so I want to see maybe more more hero um, variations. Yeah, these. hero variations, variations that you, that you, you have know? to that you have to defend against. That'd be cool. Like if you unlock them and then you know someone else comes in with a different strength and just wamps your dungeon. I think that's fun. I think it's exciting. It would also be fun to have a mode where you play as the hero and you try to beat other friends' dungeons. Ooh, that'd be fun. That'd be cool. Yeah. Guys, if you're listening. That'd be fun. Yeah. Um, They're looking for 22,736 US dollars. It's converted from whatever currency this is normally. Is it euros? I always I always get confused between euros and pounds. So they're looking for 20,000 euros converted 22,736 US dollars, sitting at 2,308 US dollars, 29 days to go, 58 backers. So it's about 10% funded at the moment. Uh, I think this could make it, and I'm really hoping it does. I think once it catches on, it's only been on Kickstarter for like two or three days now. I think once it gets wind and people realize that this game is out there, it's going to meet its goal. It may not, you know, crush it like some games like Summer and Mara is like 600, 700% crushed that goal, dude. That game is so crazy funded right now it's it's insane but i think if um when this catches wind to certain people it'll at least make its initial goal so we'll at least get the game and i'm looking forward to it i think this looks fantastic well you know what's exciting i'm in I, i'm in for 17 bucks yeah me too. what's exciting about the game right now on kickstarter is it's got 29 days to go right mm-hmm. it's got 2308 dollars pledged to it already with only 58 backer right so the average donation is like 40 bucks that's pretty impressive to get people to shell out that kind of money on average because you can get the game for 17. yeah four people four people have jumped in at the 284 dollar uh, executive villager uh, option yeah yeah uh, wow so that that in and of itself tells you how good of an opportunity on kickstarter that they're offering different tiers because some of the different tiers, you look at them and you're like, eh, do I really care? This one, hey, apparently there's enticement for people to, you know, jump in at a higher, higher cost. That's yeah, cool. man. For that, for that tier Frank mentioned, you can hang a custom painting on the house walls, uh, name as an executive collaborator, design a hero. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. So, so that means that there might be more heroes in the game then, because if they're letting backers design a hero, and we see four in the actual campaign, there's going to be more than just those four heroes. I mean, I'm in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A luchador looks- hero. Frank, do it. Ooh. Ooh. Frank what if El Frankeo was in the game? Frank doesn't have that kind of money. His special power would be a frog splash, though, right? 
the most devastating frog splash you'll ever feel. It'd be a, it'd be a, it'd be a ground pound. Uh, it was nice a doing myself, guys. It'd be a ground pound. Just takes a step. Bam. John Tenta, rest in peace. <laughs> Do they have like any uh, soundtrack bits or anything on this page? Nope, not that I saw. Uh, that's one thing I always look. For, that's the one thing I always look for as well, and uh, didn't see it at all. Uh, that that is something that intrigues me as well. I want to know what the soundtrack's gonna sound like. Yeah. I don't even think it says who's working on it, so. All right, well, we'll, we'll see. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll get updates along the way because I am pledged, so I'll let you know. Absolutely, yeah, definitely looking forward to it. So we'll have to see what becomes. Again, the game is Heroes Ravage Rise of an NPC. Look it up on kickstarter.com. But unfortunately, that is going to bring us to the close of the show this week, unless either of you have any closing comments before we get on out of here. I think we said it all. No, no. I, I think what we would love to see is more fan interaction. Please, Ooh, you yeah. know, let's do it. Comments. Let's do some feedback in our in our um, podcast channels there. If you guys are able to jump on over to our YouTube and check out Flavor Text, that would be a cool drop for you guys this week. Um, just give us some feedback. We'd love to get some community participation. We just recently revamped our Discord. If you're yeah. interested in that, reach yeah. out. Yeah, it'll be in the it'll be in the description of the show. Uh, we're 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 opening up to the public now, so it'll be kind of nice. It'll be kind of fun. Yeah, we are a publicly traded podcast now. Yes. So yes, we are. <laughs> Come on in. We're always open. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of Max Level, made possible by LevelDownGames.com. And thanks again to Dance with the Dead for all the awesome music. Regardless of the podcast service you're listening through, be sure to share your support by leaving a rating and a review, especially if you're listening through Apple Podcasts. We'd also be grateful if you could drop on over to our YouTube channel, as Sean just mentioned, youtube.com forward slash level down games and subscribe to us there. And if you haven't already, why not hit up twitch.tv slash level down games and click that follow button. Stalking us on social media is perfectly acceptable. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook will be the place to do so. Check the description box for the appropriate links. Until next week, keep gaining experience until you reach... Max, Max level. 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 Adrian. Level. Adrian. Level. What is it? Is it Pac now? Pac. <laughs>